This is the show with Cannon Brown. Hey, what's up, guys? You are tuned in to the callback episode of the show, uh, the episode where I give a rundown, deep dive uh, into the interview that I had on Thursday, and that interview is with Miss Lexi Merrick. I cannot wait to give you that rundown uh, and that in-depth kind of perspective that I had on the interview, but first, I gave you guys a little teaser on the Thursday episode, but I have a presenting sponsor for this episode. That's right, guys, a sponsor, and that sponsor is the World Champion Showmanship Show in Shawnee, Oklahoma. It's going to be incredible, guys, and I have the incredible Mr. Jake Scott on Jake and I are going to talk about the show, about the uh, details, where it is, when it is, what what's going to happen, what are the judges like. Be sure to listen to this, guys. And if you guys are into cattle shows, go to this show. It's going to be sweet. And I think in the next couple of years, it's going to grow. And hopefully, it even kind of gets other people, uh, other species interested in these type of shows. So... Jake and I are going to give you a quick rundown of that show really quick, uh, and then we're going to get to the Lexi deep dive uh, portion. So without further ado, it is the reoccurring guest, Mr. Jake Scott. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. Reoccurring guest here, Mr. Jake Scott. You're, you're a reoccurring guest now because you're Officially. on again. <laughs> Officially. That's right. And uh, not here to talk about you so much, but here to talk about uh, the World Championship uh, Showmanship uh, Show. So uh, tell tell me about it, because we touched on it a little bit in, a, in your interview, but we, we need to know a little bit more about it, and, and it's coming up pretty soon, isn't it? It is. And first of all, thanks for having me back on. We love what you're doing with your podcast and happy to be a little part of it. But yeah, absolutely. We wanted to speak today about the World Champion Showmanship Contest. And to answer your first question, it's going to be um, October 11th, 12th, and 13th in Shawnee, Oklahoma. So coming right up. Yeah, it's. So, I mean, it's it's coming right up, and people. I mean, we're a little late in the game to get you on to spread the word, but I think it's it's never too late to get people uh, kind of in the mindset of of another show to go to. Right, and I want to tell you and your listeners a little bit about uh, the thought process behind putting this show on. So this will be the, as far as we know, the world's first only all-showmanship contest. In other words, most of uh, the exhibitors that are listening right now are used to going to a show that'll kind of have two components to it. You'll have your cattle contest where your steers and heifers are judged and evaluated and placed based on the cattle. And then there's usually also a showmanship contest where you go and compete uh, against other kids for, uh, for the showmanship award. This will be 100% showmanship only. And it's never been done before. And our, our reasoning behind that, and I should explain the hour in that statement, Jerry McPeak of Be a Champ Cattle Camp and I have been friends for a long time. He was uh, my livestock judging team coach back in the day at Connor State College. And uh, I've not only been to his camps as a camper, but uh, for the last 10, 15 years now, I've been helping him um, off and on as an instructor. 
when we can. And so we're very involved with that camp. And if you're at all familiar with that camp, it's heavily, heavily focused on showmanship and making good show uh, men and women out of these kids. As we looked at showmanship, giving you that backdrop of how important it is to us, we see two big problems with showmanship as it's done today. Here's the first one. Have you ever been to a show and you've heard the judge say, uh, and he'll say it on the mic, he or she sometimes, I just hate judging showmanship. Yeah, <laughs> that that's makes the worst. us cringe. That is the worst. And I don't hold that uh, totally against the people who are saying it because more often than not, I think what they really mean when they're saying that is I'm not comfortable judging showmanship. And I think many judges make the mistake of feeling that you're judging kids rather than judging cattle. And in fact, that's not true. You're judging kids' ability to show cattle. And that's totally different. It's, it's totally uh, not a personal thing to place one kid over another or this, that, or the other. So we are going to have a show that solves that problem that will be staffed by elite, well-known, highly competent showmanship judges. And that's something that if you are passionate about showmanship, that you've probably also been frustrated with at shows where you go in, maybe do a great job in showmanship, but the judge, unfortunately, just simply isn't qualified, uh, doesn't have the experience, doesn't have the competence in terms of showmanship to really be able to judge and recognize the truly elite kids and to also put verbiage and language to it. A lot of people in the judging position struggle to describe what it is they like better about one showman rather than another. They just kind of know they like this. But to have judges who can actually describe it and give reasons on it in the same way that cattle are described is unique. And that's something that, that uh, we're going to have as a part of this show. So that's the first problem we have with showmanship, Ken. And the second one is it seems like showmanship gets a lot of lip service from leaders and from parents and from people in the cattle business about how important showmanship is. And we always encourage our kids to go out there and participate in showmanship and work on it and put out the extra effort. But at the end of the day, at most shows, the reality is it still usually takes a back seat to the actual judging portion of an event. So, you know, the grand champion heifer, the grand champion steer gets a lot of pictures in the magazines there's pictures with checks in the backdrops, there's banners, there's supplies, there's awards. But the showmanship always seems to play somewhere under there. And we want to have an event where the showmanship is the priority of the event. It's the number one thing. It is the most glorious and glamorous thing. Not just in lip service, but we're going to back it up with cash and prizes. And here's what we're excited about. We've had some donors and some sponsors step up in a real big way. And this contest will have $10,000, repeat that again, $10,000 of added money that will go to the exhibitors in addition to the entry fees that we're going to pay back. Our goal is to have 100% payback on those entry fees. So in reality, depending on how many people show up, the kids at the World Champion Showmanship Contest will be competing between twenty dollars and $30,000 competing for that uh, during the contest. It's never been done before, and we're super, super excited about being able to do that. That's a game changer, Jake. And, and I mean, with those two problems that you just stated about the, the regular showmanship, I think you hit it right on the nail. I mean, there there are some problems with the with just the showmanship side of the show. 
right now in our day and age, it's, it's kind of taken a backseat, as you said, uh, to the regular show because, I mean, the regular show gets the backdrop pictures. They're getting the hype. They're getting all that. But showmanship is super important, and, and it needs to be displayed, and it needs to be showcased. And I think you guys are doing abs- an absolute incredible job. And I wanted to take it back to your first problem that you said about the show because I thought it was really interesting. And you said that uh, a lot of showmanship judges, they don't like beating kids. And uh, I, I think you, I think that's a perfect way to put it because that's the way I look at showmanship. When I'm judging showmanship, uh, I love doing showmanship because I've helped out at a lot of camps and stuff like that. But it's so hard for me to beat a kid. It's so easier for me uh, to beat an animal uh, rather than rather than showmanship. And then I, I think this is gonna uh, bring into the fact that you know what? It, it's all right. It's I mean, showmanship is it, it's just a show. Uh, you're gonna get through it, and if you win it, yeah, you know, you're gonna be pretty good. Especially if you win it at the World Champion Showmanship Show. Yeah, and I appreciate that comment. And I would kind of use this analogy. I think that we, you and I included, and I can definitely relate with your feelings of sometimes feeling remorseful about having to beat a kid, as you put it. But it's interesting that if we compare showmanship to another activity, let's compare it to livestock judging. Let's say that we're in the reasons room, and you're the reasons taker, and that day you're going to listen to uh, 50 kids give you a set of reasons on a specific class. I would wager a bet that you wouldn't have the same trouble giving one kid a 48, another kid a 46, and another kid a 44. And the reason is that's a more clearly defined contest where you're judging and evaluating that kid's ability to speak to you and to dictate a set of reasons to you, to orate a set of reasons to you. It's more clearly defined. Our judges have to also adapt that same mindset to our showmanship. No different than a kid walks in giving you a set of reasons, a kid's going to walk into that ring and display showmanship for you. And it's our judge, it's our job as judges to evaluate that showmanship and to get out of the mindset that we're evaluating the kid. We're still looking at their skill level, we're still looking at their abilities, just like if we were judging kids in a reasons room or if it was a quiz bowl contest and, and the list could go on and on and on. But for some reason, too many judges have got hung up in this mentality in showmanship. And it's something that we want to correct and help educate people about. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's so exciting because it is like going into a reasons uh, room and, and getting a score. But at the same time, it's it's a lot different because everybody has their own style. I mean, reasons, you ha- you kind of have a format that you have, to, that you have to follow. In the showmanship ring, people are doing kind of their own thing. So I think this is going to be an awesome experience just to see different styles of showmanship as well as yep. see how he, how you compare uh, in terms of how people are showing around the country. We're excited about that too and you bring up a great point because there are definitely different styles of showmanship particularly in the cattle world right now and there are some things that some uh, some trends that have gotten really popular with kids in showmanship that we don't necessarily agree with. And I think you see the same thing with judges. You see judges that prefer some styles, you see judges that prefer other styles, and we want to get a set of, and and we are getting a set of judges in here that are fundamentally sound, they're experienced, they know what good showmanship is, they know what some of the new age problems are with showmanship that need to be corrected are, it's going to be a rock solid 
uh, very impressive, very high-end, high-caliber set of judges that when everyone leaves at the end of the day, they're going to feel like they got a fair shake. There was no politics or anything like that involved, and that they showed under competent, professional showmanship judges. Yeah, you know, I was just going to bring that up, and I'm glad that you said it before I did, the politics side of it. Because I think uh, I think this takes it all out. I mean, you, you're not going to have a lot of politics in showmanship. There's not anybody raising uh, – um, there's not going to be a judge out there that uh, that helped the kid in showmanship. Hopefully not. I mean, usually when you get politics, it's because the, the guy's connected to the guy that raised the, the calf or the heifer. I don't think you're going to get a lot of politics at your show. No, we're going to great lengths to make sure that that doesn't happen. And while there will be some names that are nationally recognized when you hear the, the list of judges announced, there will be some names that maybe aren't as recognized. But rest assured, they're just as capable and just as competent and just as proven. But we've brought in a variety of judges from across the country, both men and women, that are going to be looking at these kids and evaluating the showmanship. And that is to keep the playing field level. Because listen, Ken, and here's the deal with showmanship, and here's why I love showmanship. Showmanship is the ultimate flat track. Mm -hmm. What I mean by that is when you walk out there in showmanship, Every kid has an equal opportunity at winning. And let's be honest, when we're judging animals, there are some animals that are just better. No matter how well that kid um, shows it, no matter how well he's fed that animal, no matter how well he's fit that animal, he can still get outran by a faster horse. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And in showmanship, that's not the case. Every kid has the same number hours of the day, and they have an equal opportunity to put in as much work and as much effort as they want to to become as good as they can in showmanship. Everyone has that opportunity. No matter if you and your mom and dad can afford a $1,500 calf or you can afford a $15,000 calf, that's irrelevant. And so for me, uh, from my standpoint, one of the things I'm really passionate about in showmanship is that I think it's the fairest, most even equal thing that we do in the cattle business as far as showing. It's such a level playing field, and, and I think that you guys are, are onto something big, and I wouldn't be surprised if in the next five years a bunch more of these shows start popping up with every species. I think you guys are starting something really, really great here. Well, you might be right, and time will tell, but it's something that um, – you know, this is the, the, the flagship event, and we've got, I'm sure, a lot of wrinkles to iron out and kinks to work out, and I'm not going to pretend that uh, uh, we have the perfect format for this, but we're going to jump into it and start to work on it, and it's something that we want to grow, and we want the World Champion Showmanship Contest to become more than just a once-a-year event. We'd like to grow it and see it spread its uh, wings, so to say, if that's what the exhibitors want. So we're really excited to see what kind of response we get from adults and juniors alike. And if it's something that uh, people are interested in doing more of, then we're very, very open to that. Yeah, you're just getting started. I mean, there, there's so many ways that you can you can adapt this and grow it to, to where you guys would like to take it. I mean, the, the best is yet to come, I think, with this show. I appreciate that, and we hope that's the case, and that's the direction that we're working. Well, I I, I kind of wanted to make it just a little bit short so that I could put this into an episode and, and then people could listen, but I just wanted to um, – is there anything else that you'd like to say about it before we uh, kind of end this? 
Well, look, you can jump on our Facebook page, World Champion Showmanship Contest. Go to our website, uh, worldchampionshowmanship.com, or give us a call. Jerry McPeak, myself, um, you know, we'd be happy to talk to you personally about that. Because this is a first-time event and it, it, there's some education involved with understanding this, we've made the entry deadlines um, go right up to the week of the show. And so the show, like I said, is the 11th, 12th, and 13th of October. Your entry deadline isn't until Monday, the 7th of October. So you can enter right up to that time. But listen, if that doesn't work and for some reason you miss that, you can still enter the day of the show. So if you're there on Friday the 11th, we'll still accept late entries. They're a little bit more expensive, but we're still going to accept those late entries. I would want people to know that we're going to break the kids up into five age groups based on what year you are in schools. The youngest kids that will show are the fourth graders. Division one will be fourth and fifth. Division two will be sixth and seventh graders. Division three will be eighth and ninth graders. The next division is the 10th and 11th graders, and the fifth and final division will be seniors in high school and kids who had graduated the previous May that are now in their freshman year of college or, or out doing uh, whatever they're doing. But if you graduated last May, you're still eligible, eligible to show in that oldest division. And at the end of the day on Sunday, we will have five world champions. We'll have a champion out of each one of those divisions. That's incredible. That, that's incredible. And where, where is the location of this? I don't think we've told anybody where it is. So you bet. It's in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Um, I think it's called the Heartland Expo Center, but it's a, it's a large facility. If you've ever uh, been through Shawnee at any kind of event, that's probably where it's held. They have a lot of horse events and rodeo events there. Shawnee's a nice town, plenty of motels, plenty of restaurants. It's right on I-40, just east of Oklahoma City. So it's an easy access location. Um, and so, uh, we've actually got a, uh, a block rate available to folks at the Hampton Inn in town. So if you're looking for, for that, but all that information's on our website and on our Facebook page there. Yeah. Check them out on Facebook, check out their website and, and try to get more information on the, uh, on this show guys, uh, talking to the listeners here, but it, I mean, I've said it like, uh, I think three times in this episode, but it's a game changer. I mean, I think this is going to change, uh, a way th- uh, the way that a lot of people view sh- the showmanship side of the show. And I think it's going to change the way a lot of shows run their showmanship contests. So I'm excited for it. We're excited too. We hope to see a good turnout there. Again, we welcome any questions that you have. Message us, call us, and Cannon, we just appreciate you so much for helping us get the word out. No problem. I wish I could be there. <laughs> yeah, maybe next year. Yeah, maybe we'll next year. Put it year. on the calendar then. Heck yeah. All right, Jake. Well, I appreciate uh, uh, you taking your time and talking to me, and, and I appreciate you reaching out to want to spread this message a little bit more on here. Great talking to you. Thanks again. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Now, this could take quite a bit of time. Well, now that you've heard Jake and I talk about the World Champion Showmanship Show, let's talk about Lexi, because that's what the episode's about. That's what the callback episode is about, to take a deep dive look at the interview that I had with Miss Lexi Merrick. And I hope you guys loved it. She's awesome. I, I think she's she's got a heart of gold. She's super passionate. And uh, there, there's not much more that I can say about her. Honestly, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep this deep dive pretty short. Uh, one, because 
Uh, I don't want to keep it too long. I like my Monday episodes a little shorter. And we already had Jake on, so I want to keep this down, not take up too much of your guys' time. But also, Lexi expanded on so much things that she was talking about. I could almost, I like, there's a lot of things that I couldn't go in depth on because she already did it so, so well. But there's a couple things. There's, there's three major things that I pulled out of the episode that I thought would be really important to talk about. And the first two are related to each other, and that's family. And I wanted to start off with the callback deep dive portion of this episode talking about Lexi's family life and kind of the background that she comes from. And she tells us her background from pretty much the beginning of the episode. She talks about her family farm. We're the sixth generation on our family's farm. So our great-great-grandparents settled on our land, and our farm has been in our family for over 120 years. I don't know about you guys, but it's not very common to, for me to meet people that have just grown up on a family farm that's been in their family for over 120 years. And it's very uncommon for people outside of the industry to meet people like that. I mean, for most of us stock show kids, uh, it's just raising livestock. Just showing and raising livestock. Maybe you have a couple head. Uh, maybe you have a hobby farm, a little family hobby farm. And there's nothing wrong with that. But But most people aren't living on a on a large farm with with some acres and and some land and running a boar stud and running show pigs running cattle most people aren't living that life i just missed it with my family uh almost i grew up on a dairy farm but my family sold out in the uh early 90s uh so i was born in 96 i mean we still own the land we just didn't own the cows anymore so I mean, it was fun, but it wasn't the real deal. I, di- I didn't get out there and, and milk cows every day, but uh, I got to live on the land and, and kind of live the life. And that growing up in that atmosphere just kind of sets you up for success. I don't know about you guys. I hope you agree. But I think Lexi is just a key component in, my, in that argument. When you grow up on a farm, you just you get in those routines. I mean, you have your chores every day. You got to feed livestock. You got to take care of livestock. You got to make sure all your siblings are good. You got to make sure the family's good. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going on, and it just gets you ready for the future. And Lexi's a prime example for that. She's been awesome in, in all the clubs and organizations that that she's been involved in. Uh, and it's her work ethic that she learned about growing up on a farm has just it it's followed her all the way through. I mean, guys, she works for the Secretary of Agriculture for the state of Iowa. She runs his social media and, and, his, and his events. I mean, that's, that's a pretty high accolade. I don't know about you guys, but, I mean, working for the government, I don't know, it's not for everybody, but it's a, a pretty good honor. I don't know how your guys' views are on, on government or not. We don't need to have that conversation. But she's doing pretty awesome, and I can only think that, and I think she would agree with me, it, it goes back to her life growing up on the farm and just being engulfed in that industry, getting into routines, knowing her work ethic, and, and just growing up with a good foundation and good principles around her. And that goes into her show life too, guys. I mean, as you guys heard, like, Miracle Land and Livestock, look them up on Facebook if you guys haven't, haven't heard about them. 
they're very competitive in the state of Iowa and around the country. They had four girls two years apart showing together. And my first thought was, how? I couldn't imagine showing with a sibling close to me. I mean, I like working by myself usually. Uh, so having somebody there like critiquing my work, I mean, you have a sibling in the barn there. They're going to tell you you're not feeding them right. They're going to tell you you're not using a shovel right. I couldn't imagine that in the show ring. It had to be hard. And those of you with siblings that are showing together right now are probably nodding your head or you just have a great relationship with your siblings like Lexi had. Yeah, we're still a team. And I mean, they're my sisters. I I am only allowed to beat up on them or get mad at them. If anyone else does, we have each other's backs. So I think that goes for the show ring too. I, I, I was skeptical, honestly. I mean, I thought, how can these girls not just be so competitive? And maybe they were. Maybe in the show ring, it's a different story. And then when they come out, it's, it's another, which was probably the, probably the story of it. But still, they're showing their own family-raised hogs at state and national levels. And they're competing against each other. I mean, I most people have beef with their neighbors and, and, and other people at the jackpots, let alone their siblings. It's got to be hard. I don't know how they did it, uh, but I commend them for it. I mean, it, it's it's hard not to have controversy with everybody at the jackpot show. You you go to a jackpot show nowadays, it's hard to it's hard not to find controversy. But Lexi and her family, they just seem to kind of slip out of it. They're an anomaly. And I've met most, I've, I've, I've met two of Lexi's sisters, I believe. And they're awesome people. I mean, I mean, think of Lexi. They're, they're pretty similar. I think they talk a little bit less, though. Lexi talks quite a bit. Nothing wrong with that. I like to talk, too. So it's not a big deal. But they're awesome, too. And... and I just, I, I can't believe that uh, they were just raised in, in such a good home to where they were like, you know what, yeah, we don't care about this competition deal. We do, but not against each other. It's all about a collective. And that's what's really important here, guys. You, you, you have to find your collective. You have to find your family. You have to find your tribe. I mean, we are tribe-minded people. As a human, you are a tribe-minded person. You, you want to find a group or, or a people that, that have the same kind of mindset as you. And that's easy to find in the industry. But sometimes it's important to find that mindset outside of the industry. You're like, how can I find a like-minded uh, individual if I like ag outside of the ag industry? Well, you can do what Lexi does. She just gets out there, meets new people tries new things and that's what we're going to talk about last so i was like fine whatever i'll do it and i had always watched miss america when i was younger i loved it and all of a sudden there i was and i competed and i didn't win even i loved it it was so cool to challenge myself to go outside my comfort zone to perform to have fun to be surrounded by other women who were doing amazing things None of them knew about agriculture. None of them, oh, some of them were from a farm, but really no one had 
you know, was going to Iowa State and majoring in agriculture. Um, so it really put me outside my comfort zone and outside my bubble, and it was amazing. Of course, we're talking about the pageants, the beauty pageants. And most of, I don't know if most of you, but some of you might be rolling your eyes. Oh, the beauty pageants. We're going to really talk about this? Yeah, we're going to talk about this because it's important. It's important to Lexi, uh, and it's, a, it's an important message, honestly. She got out of her comfort zone. She was ready to try something new and meet new people doing it. It's important to get out of your comfort zone, guys. It's important to try something new, to try something that scares you. Because I'm a firm believer if you try something that scares you, uh, it's usually not as scary as you think, first of all. And later in life, it's just going to push you to do more things. Because you you might look back on it and be like, well, I thought that thing was going to be pretty scary. This isn't going to be too bad. And Lexi did that. And I think we can tie a lot of things back. And uh, he just said it so perfectly with the Sam Burmeister episode where he just said, if you want to go do something, do it. Don't think twice about it. Just go do it. If you want to do something, do it. And Lexi said, you know what? I I don't know anything about this pageant deal, but I'm going to do it. And I'm going to try. It doesn't matter if I win or if I lose. I'm going to try my hardest at it. And what has it done for? It's opened her up to a whole new world. Yeah, I just quoted Aladdin. Sue me. Please don't sue me, Disney. Please. A whole new world. It, ho- it opened her eyes like to a whole new group of people that she could spread a message to, spread a good message of agriculture to. I mean, these, these girls competing in beauty contests, I'm sure you guys know, but they're, they're not involved in agriculture that much. I mean, she said it in her clip, but I think a couple of them were raised on farms, but most of these girls, I mean, they were raised in the suburbs, in the city. It's important for Lexi to meet these people and to to just kind of debunk social media uh, not all social media but but the stuff that people are putting on there that's harmful towards agriculture that's harmful towards our message of agriculture it's important for her to be there and say you know what not everything not every netflix documentary is truthful sorry to tell you sorry to burst your bubble but not not every propaganda documentary is truthful but it's important for her to do that. And and, un, and in that message, you should think of yourself as the same way. You should go out there, get out of your comfort zone, meet new people. If somebody's like, hey, I heard you raise livestock. Don't you guys like beat your animals? What? I mean, no one's going to say that. I probably shouldn't have even said that right there. But you guys know what I mean. I mean, there's a there's a stigma about agriculture right now that we're evil, that we're evil to our animals, and we treat them horribly. But every single person that's listening to this right now, whether you're involved in agriculture or not, if you've been listening to this podcast or the other agriculture podcast out there, you know that's not the case. You know these people absolutely adore their animals. And yeah, sure, may most of it is, I mean, these people are making a living. It's, there's going to be profits involved. That doesn't mean that they can't care about the animals. Sure, there's profit involved, but why does that demonize the production of livestock? Why, 
why does the involvement of money put a bad picture on us raising livestock? I think that's what a lot of people are seeing. They're like, oh, well, they raise, they raise these cattle to this weight and so they can get this much profit. Well, guys, I'm here to tell you it's not much profit. And you can ask cattle feeders right now. I mean, I'm not a cattle feeder, but I see all of them on Twitter, and they're not very happy right now. Go on Twitter to find the cattle feeders. They are absolutely funny, by the way. I, I, I love Twitter, guys. You know that. I'm going to get off my soapbox. That, that's basically all I'm going to talk about. Go out there. Meet new people. Get out, of your, get out of your comfort zone. Get out of the norm. Just do something different. That's that's my uh, that's just my opinion. That that's my I'm gonna be done preaching here, but that's my opinion. Just get out there and go do you, but go do something different. That's what I'm gonna leave you with, guys. I wanted to make this episode short and sweet, cause we all we we had the Jake Scott. Uh, portion talking about the world champion showmanship show go check that out guys facebook website uh, reach out to them if you want to help out it's in shawnee oklahoma uh, i'm sure they wouldn't mind any any help that you would have to offer so with that i will see you guys i won't see you but you guys will hear me on thursday don't forget to like share subscribe uh leave a comment and then uh Yeah, just keep doing you. Get out of your comfort zone. I love you. Bye.